Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello and welcome to the Gridiron Show from a pair of Gridiron alumnus heading away from Gillette Stadium, having just seen the team that are going to win the 2019 season Super Bowl. The New England Patriots have absolutely destroyed the Pittsburgh Steelers by 33-3. to They're off to Miami next week. And if anyone's going to stop them being in Miami the first weekend of February, it's either going to take a major injury or something very, very special because they were absolutely unbelievable tonight. Coming up in the show, we're going to be hearing from the likes of Jason McCourty, from Jermaine Illuminor, from Chase Winovich, from inside the Patriots locker room. We'll give our one big takeaway from each of the other early games. Plus, we'll preview Monday Night Football. This is a really long intro. I don't care. It's a good night show. Will Gavin, Matthew Sherry alongside me, sharing a microphone, and we're literally walking alongside Patriot Place as we speak. We are, yes, and you know, we've we've seen an incredible occasion tonight. I mean, I'm I'm really pleased that I, I came for the for the night. The banner raising was awesome, and unlike the last time the Patriots had one of these nights, they've put in a performance to match it. You know, they I expected a good performance. I expected I expect this team to be really good this year, but. They surpassed my expectations. I mean, the defence, the defence is incredible. And you forget that Kyle Van Noy didn't play tonight because his, his wife's due to give birth. He was one of the stars of the playoff run last year. And yet, as was the case in the Super Bowl, they give up three points against one of the league's more potent offences and an outstanding performance. And, you know, even when Pittsburgh made the odd play, it was, you kind of felt like, they were hanging on by a thread just to make the odd play. That one big pass down the sideline from Roethlisberger. Just an incredible performance from New England. Yeah. And, yeah, ultimately, you know, I know fans don't want to hear it, but they look, they look really dangerous. I mean, Antonio Brown comes tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, Rex Burke had an, had an unbelievable game. Uh, the line looked really good. We saw we mentioned Jermaine Luminor coming in towards the end of it. Maybe the Marcus Cannon injury is something that no one wants to see an injury, but something that people can hold on to as a possibility of just the tiniest of glimpses of light through the armour because I don't see many other ways that this team could get beaten this season. I, you know, we joked about it on the last show, but 19-0 seems like... A genuine possibility right now. And what's funny is it's my first time here at Gillette, my first time in a Patriots locker room, actually, that hasn't been post-Super Bowl or post-London game. And at the Super Bowl and at the London games, they tend to be a little bit more freer, a little bit more open. There are no team better at shutting down the media than this team. And when we tried to talk about Antonio Brown, Julian Edelman literally said, I'm not talking about that. We heard, well, Big Ben said, uh, when asked about it, just went, whatever. And moved on but everyone we asked about it pretty much to a man said look we're focusing on this win we're focusing on the Steelers we're on to Miami tomorrow and essentially if we've got 
this unbelievable new weapon joining us to help out a team that's already unbelievably stacked, then that can only be a good thing. Yeah, it can. And, you know, my ultimate Antonio Brown takeaway is this. For New England, he is the icing on the cake. For Pittsburgh, the loss of him is enormous. And, you know, that's the difficult takeaway for the Steelers tonight because as much as I said they're one of the more potent offences in the NFL, the hole that is Antonio Brown loomed large tonight. I mean, that Juju Smith-Schuster is a really good receiver, probably going to be a star number one receiver, but... You know, against that outstanding secondary, they needed a game changer and they, they didn't have it tonight. And, you know, they won't come up against teams this talented every week. They probably won't again in the season. But, you know, there were some problems there for the Steelers tonight. Let's not forget that. There was one play in which all of the offensive personnel false started and the centre just had the ball. There's a hilarious image of it on Twitter. You know, those kind of things happen early in the season, but it's just a, it's kind of a bad, it, it's a bad symbol of a bad night for Pittsburgh. You guys, you were out uh, watching that moment out in the stands. When the ref stepped up to the mic and said, false start, all of the offensive line except the centre, the press box, which is normally a quiet and reserved place, burst into laughter like Dave Chappelle had just delivered his best one-liner. <laughs> it was absolutely ridiculous. Uh, look, there was that moment. Some of the play calling was absolutely shocking from the Steelers. The not going for it on fourth and one on the goal line. When they went for it on fourth and one earlier in the game and he went out of the shotgun with five wide and... Uh, you know, the Patriots had completely read what they were going to do. You mentioned Juju Smith-Schuster. Stefan Gilmore followed him into the slot, outside, inside, all over the formation, and mostly shut him down today. Uh, the Steelers, if you were to just see this performance, you would have no idea why they're the fourth favourites to go to the Super Bowl out of the AFC. And actually, after tonight, after the Browns' performance earlier, would have leapt into third. Yeah, and I guess the worry for me for Pittsburgh would be I don't think Mike Tomlin is a very good coach, certainly not as good as other Thank people you. do. But what he is always is a guy who motivates, gets his team up for it. I thought he gave up on that game in the second quarter by not going for it on fourth and was that was the fourth and one? Was it the third? It's right at the beginning. No, of it was, the third, it was the third quarter, yeah. I thought it was a terrible message to send to his team. Thought they should have went for it. And at least he could look his players in the eye and say, I think you can go and win this game. Everybody knew that they couldn't. They were 20 to nothing down at halftime. The Patriots were rolling. But at the end of the day, that's not really the message that you need to be sending in the locker room. But hey, at least they've got the Cleveland Browns in their division. <laughs> right, let's hear from inside the Patriots locker room and then we'll give our one big takeaway from the early games. It's going to be quite a whip around podcast today because to be honest, we're halfway across the car park. I've got a flight which departs in about something like six hours time. You've got to get back to Providence to stay at one of the best houses I've ever been in in my life. Mike, who works PR with the NFL, who has the most beautiful home, full of NFL nerddom as well. It's fantastic. Uh, so we are going to do a quick whip around, but we will do a more studied version of what we've seen from these teams a little bit later in the week as well. Don't worry. And I'll see the NFL 100 podcast, the college podcast coming. So many good things. But let's head inside the Patriots locker room. I think we'll start off with Patriots cornerback, Jason McCourty. We're here with New England Patriots cornerback, Jason McCoy. I want to ask initially about what was the, the moment before the game like for you? Because you, had, you spoke a lot, watched the America's game last week about your journey through the league in the 10 years. I guess you'd drawn a line under last season, but was that still a, a pretty cool moment to, to kick the game off with the banner raising? I have no idea what happened. Uh, I'm in the back of the guys that come out. 
So other than hearing the cheers and seeing the lights, I have no idea. I didn't see the banner drop. I haven't watched America's game yet. Um, I'm saving it for the offseason. Uh, so right now, just really trying to focus, especially tonight on uh, Pittsburgh. And I think moving forward, it'll be the next game. Uh, obviously, last year was a, a, a great accomplishment, a lot of fun. Uh, but I think as soon as we start thinking about things like that, we forget about being in the present. So I think that's what uh, myself and the guys in this locker room are focused on. It was hard for, for people like me in the press box not to think about the end of last season when I'm watching this defence flying around the field, shutting down another one of the NFL's most potent offences. I mean, just how talented is this group? I mean, you've given up six points in the last eight quarters of football against two of the best offences in the league. Uh, we're just a, a work in progress, and I think that's what's been uh, most important about us on defence. Uh, we came in the spring, and we've all just done a good job of just trying to continue to work together and just continue to build. You know, each year uh, there's change. We have new players in our locker room this year, rookies, guys like Chase out there logging a lot of uh, plays. we got Mike Bennett, uh, got my guy here, Terrence, um, over here, so a lot. Of, we always have new guys, and I think uh, from the spring until now, we're just working uh, tirelessly to continue to work, build that chemistry and that continuity. Devin was just talking about how deep the, the cornerback group is, and how you know you basically go five deep and, and have confidence in guys. Are you guys bringing the best out of each other, just in terms of pushing each other on? For sure. Um, we're just constant talk, constantly talking about stuff. Um, obviously, with a guy like Steph leading the group, uh, what he's able to do week in and week out uh, as far as shutting guys down, man, it's, it's fun to watch that in practice. And uh, we're always talking about our man-to-man, -man, things we can improve, things we can work on. Um, but it's just a group that all last year we were together uh, going throughout that season, all offseason between Steph, myself, JC, Jay Jones. Uh, Jawan wasn't active tonight, but we're always communicating. We're always talking. And uh, we can all kind of fill different roles, Every, playing inside, playing outside, guys moving around, just really being able to comprehend his defense. And, and tomorrow everything improves a little bit more with Anthony. Antonio Brown coming in. He's a guy you've gone up against a lot. Are you looking forward to having him on your team? Yeah, he's a very good player. Um, obviously uh, excited uh, whenever we add anybody uh, into the locker room. And uh, like Bill always says, it's a day-by-day -day thing. Uh, tonight, um, focus on Pittsburgh. We were able to win a game. Uh, proud of the guys in this locker room, the way everybody competed. Um, all the Antonio Brown questions, I guess, will be answered tomorrow. Delighted to say in the Patriots locker room with London-born Chalk Farm, North London boy, Jermaine Luminal. Jermaine, how are you doing, sir? Good, how are you? Yeah, not bad, thank you. Not bad at all. Look, first time on the field as a New England Patriot, you come in with the injury in the fourth quarter. How did it feel to get out there and take your first snaps in this famous stadium? Um, definitely surreal, you know, running out to see in the atmosphere was real, was ridiculous. I've never been in an atmosphere like that before. And, you know, getting out there, kind of knocking some of the rust off because I haven't played in a while. And, you know, just getting out there, playing with these guys who are really talented it was really, really cool. Just from a pure kind of looking forward point of view, we don't know what the injury of Marcus is like, but if you're needed to start next week on the line, are you feeling confident enough in this system that you're ready to start next week against Miami? You know, if it came down to that, then I'm going to go out there and give everything I got. And, you know, I have four other guys who have been in this offense for a while and are really talented. And, and you know, I, know I can depend on them to help me off um, we enter a situation like that. So, you know, if I'm around these guys, then you know, I think it would be good next week. Played two years in Baltimore, traded here to the Patriots in the offseason. What's been the difference for you that you've seen working with those two franchises? Um, you know, both great franchises run by great coaches and, you know, great organizations. Um, you know, just a lot of different, just like different offenses, different personnels and different playbooks. So, you know, going from that playbook where it's heavy run to, 
you know, pro offense, just learning all the kinks and everything that goes with that and, you know, just trying to learn a playbook here. Was there anything that felt different because they'd just come off a Super Bowl win having won three of the last five? No, because, you know, that's that was last year and, you know, Coach Belichick said the best, you know, you know, it's a new year. So, you know, you can't, you can't dangle that over your head saying that you won a Super Bowl. And I wasn't here for that. You know, that was a, that's a really cool achievement. But, you know, like Coach said, you know, it's a new year and it's only the first game. So you got to think about this game and the next game, the game after that. Story is that you got into American football watching the very first international series game against the Giants and the Dolphins. So it must be quite a cool moment to, to be going to Miami to the Hard Rock and playing that team. Yeah, we've, um, I played there my past two seasons in Baltimore. So I'm used to playing in that stadium. So it was my first time there. It was really cool. It's a real dub stadium. But, you know, coming with, being with the Patriots, not going there, it's going to be real cool. Well, look, we wish you the very best representing London, representing England here in the NFL. And look, I think people look at this team, I've probably got to ask you, what are your thoughts on getting a team this talented already and bringing in someone like Antonio Brown to that mix as well? No, I'm just, I don't really, that's not really a common act. You know, I can't comment on that. I'm just, you know, I just block that. So I'm just going to focus on blocking and do my job. So it's going to be nice knowing that there's now five or six people that can catch passes from Tom Brady. It's an unbelievable team. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a talented team, for sure. You know, now, you know, we got the win here. You know, now it's time to uh, now it's time to turn our focus to Miami. So that's going to be a good week. Good luck to you. Thank you. Cheers, man. The newly minted cornerback Jonathan Jones <laughs> of the of the New England Patriots. Been a pretty nice week for you. Uh, definitely, it's been good. You know, always good when you cap off the week with a win, for sure. What's it like for, for a guy like yourself who, who comes in as, a, as an undrafted guy and you know works hard making the team? That feeling when you sign that first proper decent contract, it must be it must be a pretty nice contract. Uh, this organization had a lot of trust in me. You know, I enjoy my time being here. Um, I love playing here. Um, I like to win. You know, the things we do here. How nice was that defensive performance? Eight quarters now including the Super Bowl without giving up a touchdown. You've played varying roles in that, a lot of safety in the Super Bowl back, playing a bit of outside, inside corner tonight. It, it must be nice to be part of this versatile defense and the moving pieces. Uh, definitely. We have a lot of guys. We've played a lot of football. Um, we communicate well. Um, we have a lot of guys that can move around, uh, and it helps us out. Have you been on a defense this talented in your, in your time here? Uh, I don't know, but like I said, we will see what we're made of. We have a long way to go. Um, like I said, we're headed in the right direction. And just finally, how special was that tonight? Just is, is it difficult that banner is a night because you know the atmosphere is so intense ahead of the game. It's a, it's a little bit different to your average regular season game. Oh, definitely. Like I said, it feels good to be out there, get that first win. Um, the crowd was into it. The fans are great. Like I said, to get that first win at home and start the season off right. Brilliant. Congrats, man. Thank you. Cheers. Hey, with friend of Gridiron, Chase Winovich, who we uh, spoke to uh, at Michigan last year. Come on. Hey, with friend of Gridiron, Chase. The mic is broke. Absolutely. Uh, I knew he was going to do my accent, and he's done it very well. Chase, how was that? Your first time on the field for, for the defending Super Bowl champions. It must have been nice to be out there. Yeah, it was nice to be out there. Obviously, we're just taking things one step at a time, and I'm just trying to be a better player every time I'm out on the field and a better teammate. Spoken like a true period there. The, um, the, the, the defense, though, I mean, what's it been like to come into this defense? Because... Those guys picked up the where they left off at the, in the Super Bowl and the playoffs tonight. It must be a pretty exciting group to be a part of. Yeah, obviously the defense speaks for itself. Um, I'm just trying to find my role in it. Like I said, just be, be the best player at, you know I could be and uh, take care of my business. So. And um, what's it like walking into this building with knowing all the history and when you see Tom Brady across the locker room and, and Coach Belichick, what's that like for a young player? 
Yeah, the history is great, but like I said, I'm just taking things one step at a time. Right, Stacy? Um, <laughs> taking things one step at a time, and every time I'm out there, just trying to be a little bit better. Brilliant. Thanks, man. Take care of me. Can I just ask one thing? There was a third down when you got right in Ben Roethlisberger's face. <laughs> is there like an element of that which is a bit surreal for you, being a young player coming to the league, a guy that's been there and doing it for like 15 plus years? No, I'm just messing around with him, man. It's, it's all fun out there. Ben's obviously a great player, so um, yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure we'll see him again soon. I was a big fan of it, I have to tell you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. We Danes are a modest bunch. We enjoy simple pleasures. As such, we tend not to blow our own trumpets. But since Carlsberg Export has a refined, full-bodied and rather satisfying taste, perhaps just this once. Too much? Probably. Carlsberg Export, probably the most modest beer in the world. Enjoy responsibly. Drinkaware.co.uk for the facts. Hazel Irvin here, and I'm at Mammoth Insurance in Leeds, where Kate has arranged an office chair race to fundraise for sport relief. And these riders have got their kit on. They are rearing to go. And they're off, taking an early lead and smashing injustice right out of the park. It's Daphne from Accounting, riding the spreadsheet demon chair. Up comes Nina from HR on Beat Me and You're Fired, closely followed by Mark from Marketing on the 9 to 5 chair. Even Javid from Health and Safety's at it, weaving his clipboard like crazy. Go easy there, Javid. We don't want any injuries, fella. And from nowhere, it's Jenny on El Chero Loco, rolling right over poverty to cross the line first. And the crowd goes loco. Unbelievable. You can help change the world too. Just order your free fundraising pack at sportrelief.com. Sportrelief. It's game on. This message was brought to you by Acast. So that was us inside the Patriots locker room chatting with a number of the players involved in that dominant victory over the Pittsburgh Steelers. A terrifying thought for anyone in the AFC. Uh, we'll have our Monday night previews coming up momentarily. But we're going to very quickly bang through some, some hot takes from the first Sunday. Because obviously we're all going to overreact to week one, Matt Sherry. And let's start off with the biggest overreaction of all we're going to see is that the Cleveland Browns aren't a very good football team. No, they didn't look like one. I mean, I think the scoreline was, was a bit lopsided. Tennessee scored a lot of points late in the game. But, you know, the Browns didn't look good. And the worry is that the problems that you would have identified before the season, which is the offensive line protecting Baker Mayfield, that was the reason for the collapse in the second half. Mayfield didn't have time to throw and then started throwing interceptions. So, so a big concern. I think the Titans are a better team than people give them credit for. So, I mean, I nearly picked the Browns. I said that in the last part. I'm annoyed. I never know. But... Yeah, I mean, troubling. The amount of penalties was troubling. I think it was 180 yards of penalties. A new head coach. And one thing we worried about with that team, incredibly talented, but also incredibly ill-disciplined with some of their star players. And and that manifested itself. And if if Freddie Kitchens doesn't get that cleaned up, they're not going to win football games. Uh, The Ravens obviously trounced the Dolphins. Uh, I don't think we can take away a huge amount from this game other than the Dolphins are an absolute dumpster fire. The Ravens, Lamar Jackson looks exciting, six touchdown passes. But um, the big kind of news takeaway from that is that apparently a number of the Miami Dolphins players, according to a league source, have contacted their agents about trying to force a trade away from the team over the next week. So, you know, we might even see a, a more talent poor if that makes sense a less talent rich yeah. that makes more Both sense makes sense. yeah <laughs> Miami 
Dolphins come the time they face the New England Patriots next week. Uh, the Vikings beating the Falcons 28-12, an absolutely dominant performance from a Vikings perspective. Dalvin Cook looked fantastic. Matt Ryan, not so much. No, not at all, and, and that's a worry. I mean, he didn't look good in, in any way, shape or form. For me, the big takeaway is the Vikings. You know, we talk all off-season about these different players moving places. Odell Beckham, Antonio Brown now. The biggest move of the off-season could be Gary Kubiak going to Minnesota because he will revolutionise their offence. I mean, I said that in the last podcast. It's exactly what we saw. Dalvin Cook is perfect for that stretch-running game. Stop referencing yourself and saying how correct you were. It's really annoying. Well, it's five for five on picks against the spread as well. So... Yeah, I mean, I just think Kubiak is is brilliant at what he does. I think it's an amazing gift for the Vikings to get him out. A Gary Kubiak offense paired with a Mike Zimmer defense is a really difficult proposition for any football team. Uh, the Jets, 16-17 loss to the Buffalo Bills. They were absolutely dominant early in this game. CJ Mosley had, what, two picks and a fumble recovery, I think. That big contract paying off very early. Le'Veon Bell looked good. And in the second half, their offense falls off a cliff. The Bills come back in a big way. I, I still don't buy into Adam Gase as a head coach. No, and I, and I mean, today was a really bad day for him. You know, they, they fell apart when Mosley went off the field injured defensively. You know, he, he clearly holds them together. But the offence is the worry. All Adam Gaze has said this off-season is, I'm finally working with a really talented guy I want to be working with. Well, put up more points than that against a team who turns the ball over four times. So, do you know how difficult it is to lose a game when your opponent turns it over four times on the road? That is as bad a coaching debut as I can, I can remember. It's certainly the worst of the day. And from a guy who's... Had a stint as a previous head coach and failed. Not a good sign. It was almost Cliff Kingsbury, but we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, the Eagles coming out 32-27 winners over divisional rivals Washington. Washington go up big very early in this game. Carson Wentz looking a bit rusty, but they come back. They win. Deshaun Jackson, that connection looks like that's going to be something fun to watch this season. I guess Washington being tight in this game is the, is the big surprise. It is, but then they were terrible in the second half. And, <laughs> and that's a worry, isn't it? It, was, it? They fell off a cliff in the second half. It was interesting. Lane Johnson was asked what Doug Peterson said at halftime, and it was essentially, just get your shit together. And I like that. I mean, and that's what they did. The Eagles, really talented. One of the most talented football teams in the league. The worry for the Eagles is the secondary, and that showed itself in the first half. But yeah, I mean, open a few weeks, just get wins on the board because your team will come together after that. Uh, Rams running out 30 to 27 wins over the Panthers. One of the best games of the week. This one, the Panthers giving up some bad plays on offense late in the game. In a game they really could have won. The Rams lucky to come away with the victory in this. Jared Goff looked rusty early on. It looked like there was a big Super Bowl hangover, but the offense managed to get firing late. It managed to look more like that offense from last year. Big day for Brown in the running back core. Um, and I guess that's always going to be a big question is what they do at running back behind Todd Gurley. I still think the Panthers are going to be absolutely fine. The hot take from this game is they're two good teams. Let's, uh, let's move on and talk about the Chiefs and the Jaguars because Nick Foles goes out of this game early. I saw a tweet earlier saying Ryan Fitzpatrick should start behaving like Antonio Brown to force his way out of that contract to get in there. Although actually, Gardner Minshew comes in, doesn't have a terrible game, but the Chiefs look absolutely terrifying on offense, even when Tyreek Hill goes out. Yeah, and Sammy Watkins was the big surprise today because I mean, I thought he was basically a busted flush, but that was a good performance from him today. The, the Jaguars' defence is too talented to give up 40 points against any offence, and that's a big worry because it's exactly what we saw at the end of last season. And you, you kind of hope that they'd, they'd, they'd sort of the culture out there, but the signs are that they aren't. But yeah, I mean, 
the Chiefs. Andy Reid doesn't lose games early in any season. I mean, it was it was really an, hard to beat. But it was another ill-disciplined performance. I think the teams we're looking at who had bad performances today compared with where we would expect them to be, they had they were poor with their discipline. And you know, there's another game coming up that we saw more flags than I think I've ever seen before in my life in a game. But we'll get to that with the late kickoffs. Chargers, Colts, 30-24. The Colts came back in this game in a big way, managed to force overtime Jacoby Brissett after it looked like the Chargers were dominating. But the Chargers come out with the overtime win. Yeah, and this is the kind of game where actually both teams are going to come away and, and think they've got a lot of positives from it. The, the, the Colts' comeback was incredible. I mean, and they'll probably win the game if Adam Vinatieri doesn't hook a a chip shot field goal wide but for the Chargers for them to kind of have that comeback happen and then first drive of overtime drive down the field for the game winning touchdown that shows great mental strength as well so I don't think either team I mean the Colts will be unhappy but now when the dust settles both teams are going to look back on that as a, as a pretty decent opening week Good uh, performance from the Bengals. Don't get the win over the Seattle Seahawks, but much better than we expected. Offensively, they looked really exciting. Seattle, they came back in the second half and relied on Russell Wilson making some free plays, as they often do. I'm still not convinced by the Seahawks team, but you know what? I saw a lot more from that Zach Taylor offense than I expected. Yeah, I would say the Bengals come out almost with more credit because we were talking about them as one of the worst teams in football, and they've gone on the road to the most hostile environment in the NFL and more than held their own, probably could have won the game. So, yeah, I thought the Zach Taylor offence looked really good, actually. There was some really clever player designs. The flea flicker being an obvious one that takes advantage of a weakness in Seattle's day. So, yeah, some good signs for the Bengals, but also a good win for Seattle. Just, just winning week one, because it all comes together late in the season in the NFL. Uh, Cowboys-Giants. I mean, Giants is talent poor as a, as a team is had some good moments in this game had some decent moments on offense but overall dominated by a Cowboys team that look like an absolute juggernaut on offense uh, it was Dak Prescott I think I saw a stat that he was only the fourth quarterback in the Super Bowl era to have a perfect passer rating four touchdowns and over 400 yards in the air all in the same game weirdly the other people on that list are like Jared Goff's one that's in there uh, the other two I'll try and remember it in a minute but none of them are kind of the superstar, yeah. Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady types that you would maybe expect to be in that list. And uh, you have to say, new offensive coordinator, he might look like a 12-year-old having just come out of the NFL, but he had a good game. Yeah, and they've needed that for, for years, the Cowboys. I thought their performance was probably the second most impressive of the day. I mean, the Ravens, I'm just... The Dolphins are terrible. So, but yeah, I mean, good on, and their defense is loaded as well. So, they, similar to New England, you know, you marry those two things up, and they look like a potential contender. And I know it's only week one, but very, very impressive for Callum Moore. We had a tie. We had a tie. Uh, this game went into the beginning of the Patriots game, so we almost actually missed the end of it with the Lions and the Cardinals going head to head, twenty-seven apiece. But I guess the big story is that the Cardinals were down massively after again we're talking about a surprise performance. The Lions, I think, offensively surprised quite a few people tonight, including I think you and I. Terrible decision on a timeout late in the game when they were on third and five and actually moved the ball just before the two-minute warning, got the first down, but called the timeout first. That would have killed the game. The fact is the Cardinals, who looked dreadful through about two and a half to three quarters on offense, Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury looking absolutely out of their element, and then they come back and, and secure at least a half a win. Uh, stunned. I, I, this is the game I have to watch back more than any other to see what on earth happened in that latter part of the game. Yeah, I mean, they looked like rabbits caught in the headlights for the start of the game, but it was really impressive, actually. Some of the throws 
Murray made in the in the fourth quarter in overtime were absolutely incredible. So, so some good signs, I, I guess. You know, the worry for me for for both teams in this game is it ultimately was a game that no team was able to take the ball by the horns and win. Even the Cardinals in overtime, they got inside the ten yard line, first and goal, haven't come back. Go and get the win, finish the job, but neither team was able to do that. And that, that's a big worry because you have to learn to win in the NFL. Stafford moved the ball so easily when they got it in overtime, but still, still only settled for a field goal as well. So very much the same story. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers uh, running out winners over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You put the phone away and I can't remember what the final scoreline was. 31-17. Thank you very much. Oh, two touchdowns. There we go. Brilliant stuff. N maybe a little flattering to the 49ers. Carl Shanahan and, uh, and uh, uh, a number of the players on the team, including Jimmy Garoppolo, talked about how the offense didn't fully click today and how there were clearly problems. And, and that's the side of the ball, which is a shame. Garoppolo threw a terrible pick six looking for Tevin Coleman in the first half but I guess the, the, the real positive to take away as a, as a 49ers fan is we get turnovers you got points off of turnovers last season there were minus 25 in turnover differential which was the second worst score in the last decade in the NFL so to come out week one get turnovers win off turnovers see pass rush actually getting to a quarterback but not kind of not unlike we're talking about with the Ravens and and with Miami how much we can read into that going forward or whether it's Jameis Winston just being Jameis Winston, I can't decide yet. But maybe that's just me being a pessimistic yeah, I mean, 49ers fan and I should enjoy it. You mentioned Garoppolo's pick six. Winston's is one of the worst I've ever seen. And, you know, he might be a... Oh, on the screen pass. Yeah, yeah. Ridiculous. He might be a reclamation project that is even beyond Bruce Arians. So I thought actually the, the Bucks defence looked quite good. Todd Bowles is a great coordinator. But yeah, real worrying signs because you wanted to see immediate evidence that, that Arians was going to turn the former first overall pick around him and we never saw that at all. 49ers going against the Bengals next week. That could be a, a surprising, interesting matchup because it's the different sides of the ball from each team that we were impressed with than we maybe expected today. And we said we were going to get this done in 15 minutes. We promised Dave, because he's giving you a lift back to the house, we would. We did it in 12, Dave. Look at that. <laughs> I'm delighted because I really didn't want to upset him. it didn't feel like it. <laughs> no, it probably felt like four times that amount of time. Uh, we'll go to our Monday Night Football review now, Sherry. It's been a wonderful last 10, 11 days or so, buddy. So go on and enjoy NFL films and, and Jets Browns. We'll talk later in this week. You're going to be able to hear Sherry doing the, uh, oh, you didn't have to get my case out as well, Dave. What a hero this man is. Um, we, yeah, we, we will do the college podcast on Tuesday. Then we'll have the NFL 100 podcast, which is 49ers Bengals this week. And we're going to hear from Jerry Rice and Roger Craig and Sam White and Ken Anderson. Unbelievable. Had real fun recording that show. It's already in the bag. And then we'll have Friday, the review of Thursday Night Football plus Monday. And looking forward to the weekend's games at Gridiron on Twitter, at UK Gridiron on Instagram. Please go there and give us some love. Share it with your friends. Let them know we're out there. Uh, from... Foxborough, Massachusetts, where we saw a sixth banner hung today. A seventh is coming in 12 months. This has been The Gridiron Show. Cheers, guys. Well, that was our review of the games that aren't happening for another 24 hours, and we're somehow magically back in our hotel room we checked out of 12 hours ago. So I have no idea how this is happening. Hey, buddy, how's it going? Hey, man. Uh, uh, what a great first, first weekend oh, of the game. Oh, first Sunday of the season literally couldn't have been better. The drama was... Unbelievable. One of the best days of my life. <laughs> well, that's because we spent it together, buddy. Thanks, we, uh, was Saturday one of the best days of your life? 
where literally from dawn to dusk, we watched college football in our hotel room in our pads. I'm going to go back to the hot tub after we finish recording this, by the way. Just yeah, 100%. Soak. Although, if we're in the Chicago hotel, we could both watch LSU Texas and be in the hot tub at the same time. We'll be streaming it on my phone when we go downstairs. Yep, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so, right, let's uh, let's talk about the Monday Night Football games. Uh, starting off, it's the doubleheader, as is usual for the start of the season. And we start off in New Orleans with the Houston Texans against the New Orleans Saints. Guess what? It's another team who uh, should be in consideration for the NFC title spot. <laughs> Ridiculously, uh, the Saints obviously coming off the back of that devastating loss in the uh, in the NFC Championship game. The manner of it, I think, will probably have ended up being discussed on Sunday when we see the first examples of the replay review for pass interference rule coming in. So Let's hope of- coaches are a little bit more intelligent with when they decide to challenge it. The Malafleur, yeah, whose challenge was one of the worst things I've ever witnessed. Absolutely, it was Jim Schwartz level of challenging, yeah, which is the worst person I can think of from the last ten years that throwing challenges out, at the That's NFL. an outstanding reference. <laughs> What do you mean I can't challenge this call? I'm going to do it anyway. Oh, that means I lose the ability. Fine, brilliant, great. Um, So, I mean, from a Saints perspective, no high picks this year. They did try and sort out some of the issues on the offensive line. Uh, But really, it's last couple of years of Drew Brees. It was MVP level through week 13-14 last season and then dropped off a big old horrendous cliff. The team was talented enough to carry him, but it's how is he going to look first week and will he be able to sustain it through the season? I still think this team is, has a big old Super Bowl window this year, but it'll slam fast if they don't get there soon. Yeah, I mean, I, I think Breeze will obviously be fine at the start of the season again. The interesting part is 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 the manager and his workload over the season. And, mm-hmm. then, and then what does that look like? Because... You know, you've got rid of your bruising running back in Mark Ingram, who could have helped you do that. So then you've got Kamara, who I think, you know, was their best runner as a running back as well as pass catcher anyway with Ingram. But he's not the kind of guy that you really want running up the middle well, 20 they, times a game. They've brought Latavius Murray. Yeah, in exa- the, exactly uh, that. So, but that's Ram, I, I guess. I would say that's a downgrade on Ingram. Massively. So that's an issue. Uh, I guess in terms of the draft, the, the question is, how does the guy you gave up the first round pick for last year look? And that's Marcus Davenport. You know, they gave up a lot to, to get him. He had a decent rookie season. I mean, he he didn't pull up any trees. Um, not for a team, not for a player that you gave up a first round pick. Yeah, and, 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 the draft and the idea was that you were doing it because he was the missing piece. So I guess we need to see that come to fruition. Um, low key, this is one of the games of the weekend, isn't it? This, yeah. This could be the game because of the weekend. Because Houston, we've talked about a huge amount. Obviously, they've now traded away Jadavian Clowney for, for those future picks, but they've brought in, they've, they've seemingly solved their left tackle. I think we're both fans of Tunsil. I think their wide receiver core outside of New England is one of the most exciting in terms oh, of a yeah. trio in the NFL. Now they've added Kenny Stills as their slot guy. It's a. <laughs> and Will Fuller, I mean. When on the field, Will Fuller has been incredible. Yeah. If they can keep him on the field. Yeah, I mean, I love it. I really love that offence. And I love Deshaun Watson. And, and he looked great again at the end of the season. Um, I'm really excited to see the Texans, actually. And, I, you know, Romeo Cronell's the, the defensive co- uh, coordinator, as he was last season. You know, the, he, he, they're a better defence when Cronell's there than they were for the brief time Vrabel did the job. So... 
yeah, I mean, I, I think that I think the Texans take a lot of Super Bowl boxes ultimately, um, and this would be said it about a few games yesterday. This could be a huge statement game. Their secondary still worries me because Jonathan yeah. Joseph, for as much as he was a lovely man we spoke to him this summer, is not got not got the speed that he not had when he was younger. Uh, exactly. Um, Bradley Roby didn't show in Houston what he did in Denver, being on a lesser scheme, being on a lesser talented defense. Aaron Colvin, I think, was in the conversation for best slot corner. Yeah, I like you in the league, but. When you're being asked to do all of it from there, that's difficult. So that is the secondary is a slight concern for me, um, and also I'm, I'm intrigued to see what happens at running back. Bringing Duke Johnson in, bringing in Carlos Hyde, have got guys there who have done it elsewhere as a role player, and Carlos Hyde was a role player, even though yeah. he probably shouldn't have been. Um, can they come in and, and do it? I mean, I, as I, a pairing I, I, in I, Texas, I think it's going to be interesting. I do think that Duke, Dors- uh, Duke Johnson, sorry, is. Absolutely perfect for the scheme. Yeah. I mean, I've looked at him as a... I mean, the scheme is the period scheme. So I've looked at him as a guy that I'd have liked to have seen in New England a few times. I mean, in terms of a, a modern-day spread attack, they have all bases covered there. Um, so, yeah, it's a massively exciting. And the, the question marks over New Orleans, I don't think, get answered yet. Because I think the problem is what does Drew Brees look like in week 15 and not week one? Yeah, I do think the pass rush is a question, but the Texans going out and sorting the left tackle might, might have helped their uh, line issues over the last few years. And we've got the Oakland Raiders welcoming the Denver Broncos into their building. Uh, after our little emotional farewell to the Coliseum last year, me and Ollie, they're back there again, obviously. Uh, the How do you react to the drama of the last few days is part of all of this, of course, but... You know, we've heard it from inside and outside the building that it was disruptive when Antonio was Brown was around, even though of the level of talent that he's got. And then you went and you, you spent three first-round picks. You got Cleveland Farrell, you got uh, Jonathan Abraham, you got Josh Jacobs. So how quickly do those rookies come up to speed? Because in theory, that's a big talent bump from a team that were very talent poor last year. It's how quickly a single rookie adapting to the NFL and not doing it quickly that's one thing you know they'll be hidden by what else is going on when you're relying on three to make an impact from day one you really could do with all three of them making an impact from day one yeah I mean I I think Tyrell Williams has a chance to be a legit number one receiver Um, you know he's one of them it's a big shout as a legit number one yeah I think he could be though he's got a lot of talent I mean I, I really like that sign and um I mean, I liked it a lot more when you had Antonio Brown as well. You know, he's kind of he's kind of one of those players. I'm thinking like Marvin Jones when he went to Detroit. The question is ultimately whether he is an elite number two or a good to very good number one. And, and I'm interested to find that out for me. That's one of the, the, the elements of this game that intrigues me most. Um, the Raiders still don't have a lot of talent on defence. No. Um, I like their coordinator. I think Vontae's perfect, the perfect the player. Could be massive for them though. You know, you put that you put the middle linebacker in that scheme and I think it can cover a lot of things up. So But I, but I also think that you're talking about a team who Antonio Brown's left and people are gonna say, Oh, we've managed to solve our, our team balance issues. Well, it's a team that also has players like Vontaze Perfect who can yeah. cause all sorts of problems incognito uh, yeah incognito being the other one that was kind of immediately springing to mind as someone that can cause all sorts of and, problems and is Trent so, Brown good enough to be a starting left tackle 
um, week to week on a team that isn't brilliant because well, he he is a difficult guy to keep engaged. And he was in New England even. I mean, they did a good job of it. But he was under the tutelage of the, the best offensive line coach in the NFL and now is going to the worst and the most overrated in Tom Cable. Well, and the thing is, he'll be lining up. I, I, the impression I get is that... He's going to play right tackle. He's going to play right tackle. Yeah, Coleman is, yeah. is going to play left tackle. Did I say left well, tackle? Well, you did, yeah, but that's right. fine. But the point being that... Whichever side you play of this line, you're coming up against a pretty good talent exactly. on a Vic Fangio defence. But on the right side in particular, it's Von Miller with Vic Fangio. Oh my God, I cannot wait to see this in action. Yeah, and uh, oh God. I mean, Von Miller is the least talked about Hall of Famer in the league, isn't he? No. That current Hall of Famer, yeah. And, and then I'll still, I mean, his the playoff run, because I was at the AFC title game and the Super Bowl that year, is still etched into my memory. I mean... I, I think the Broncos are the ultimate potential surprise package this year. Had the original plan happened and Gary Kubiak, who I might mention in every podcast I do now, given me obvious love, then I think the Broncos might have been a Super Bowl team. And I, and I mean that. I, I, love, I love Manny Sanders. I love their young wide receivers as well. Um, did I say Baltimore there? I meant Denver. Um, I love their wide receivers as well. And yeah, I just think they've got a lot of bases covered. Philip Lindsay, one of the most explosive young backs in football. And then a Vic Fangio defence is always amazing. And Vic Fangio should have been a head coach in the NFL about 20 years ago. Really yeah. excited to see it. And when you combine the guys that they have on that line, when you have Bradley Chubb and Von Miller on either side, when you've got plenty of talent at the middle with the likes of Gotsis and Wolf as well. I mean, yeah. I'm no big believer in Joe Flacco. That's the worry. Yeah, yeah. And 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 Flacco did look good under Kubiak that one year. So that's why I thought, had that stayed in place, I'd have really liked the Broncos. But I, I still quite like them because I, I I love the coach. I, I think their offensive line is going to be a conversation point as well. Yeah. With Flacco back there as someone who isn't as mobile, what's that going to look like? And if Cleland Farrell is going to make an impact from day one, that's probably the the reason why. So oh, and no fan. That's the other player I'm excited to see yeah. so he talks about liking their wide receivers Cortland Sutton Deshaun Hamilton those kind of guys Noah Fant there as well there's, there's talent yeah. they just probably lack a quarterback that can do it and maybe a line as well I think that's going to be yeah, I mean, we, I think, we could I think, end up talking about frustration rather than surprise that they can't quite get over the, the, the hump and in, in a tough division as well obviously having one of the one of the real powerhouses of the league in there yeah I think a fascinating game. I mean, can I just say, the thing I'm most excited about in week one overall is the fact that I'm here in America for Monday Night Football because it drives me insane when you when it's just too late to watch those games back home. What are you going to do for Monday Night Football? I'm going to sit in a hotel room in New Jersey and watch it on my own. You're not going to go to the Bruce Springsteen bar and see if they've got it on the telly? No, because I'm, I'm, I'm nowhere near there. I'm at NFL Films for the two or three days after, so... I um, the other that's the other problem. I was thinking, I'm, this is amazing. I'm going to be able to watch these two games. The second one doesn't start at ten fifteen. East Coast. Here, yeah. So like, I'm still going to have to. I've got to be in NFL films early the next morning. So we'll see. All right, all right. Well, enjoy that, buddy. Thanks, I will have man. just flown all the way back to the UK. I'm literally going f- now. As you're listening to this, I'm probably in the air if you're yep. listening to this on Monday because I'm flying straight back from Boston at 7 a.m. local time. Uh, so, again, thank you for listening. We'll have the College Pod Tuesday, the NFL 100 Pod Wednesday. Is that the plan, I maybe? Mean, the, 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 the this plan, is difficult this week because everyone's in The plan is, is for this to world. be very systematic 
over the season, but it's good. It's a little bit out of the window for the first three weeks while I'm out here and other people are in different places. Yeah, yeah, of course, because Clancy, well, he's he's was at the college game today. Which which NFL games are he going to tomorrow? He's not going to any. He's just going to watch all the games in a bar. Brilliant. Absolutely love that. He's going to Green Bay for a couple of days, I think. Here we go. So, thank you so much for listening. At Gridiron on Twitter, at UK Gridiron on Instagram. Go give us a follow there. As always, please share, love, like, subscribe, all of that good stuff. Otherwise, thank you so much for listening. This has been the inaugural review of a Sunday, The Gridiron Show. Back, baby. Hallelujah. We Danes are a modest bunch. We enjoy simple pleasures. As such, we tend not to blow our own trumpets. But since Carlsberg Export has a refined, full-bodied and rather satisfying taste, perhaps just this once. Too much? Probably. Carlsberg Export, probably the most modest beer in the world. Enjoy responsibly. Drinkaware.co.uk for the facts. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.